0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's mailbag time. You've got questions. I've got answers about Marcus Smart shooting, trades, of course, and other things. It's the Locked On Celtics Podcast. Millies, let's go.
1: Rain and Jay's back with the vengeance. Bat. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. Ooh. This is the truth like 34. Yeah. It's like walking in the garden when you hear the roars
0: Wednesday, hump day, and I'm here to get you through it. I'm John Corrales of MassLive.com. I thank you for making this show part of your daily routine. You're going about your business, and you've included this show in my voice, and I really enjoy that you have done that. It's awesome. I appreciate it. It's sincere. I'm not bullshitting you. This is for real. I love it. So thank you. I asked for questions because we haven't done a mailbag in a while and the Celtics didn't practice. So I thought this would be a good time to take some questions. So I put it out there. The hashtag is now LOCeltics because Rain and Jays is a thing of the past. Sad trombone. So I'm going to answer your questions over the course of the next half an hour or so. So let's just dive into it and see where we go. At Seth Tolan 17 asks, what do you think the Celtics need to do to fix the slow starts? Besides the Lakers game, obviously. I think the Lakers game is a great place to start when you look at what they did to avoid the slow start because they started actually slow in the first minute. They were doing something that didn't work and they turned it around. So part of it is simply you know, it helps if they make shots. Like, that's that's been a problem. And the Celtics have gotten down when they haven't made shots. Like, that's something that they need to fix. If they don't make shots, they definitely need to focus on getting back on defense. I've said this in the podcast before. If you miss a shot, then that's your signal to just sprint back on defense. And stop hanging your head. Sprint back on defense. Then you get a stop, then you get out into transition. And then that ball starts rolling. You get into transition, you get a layup, maybe you get a dunk, you feel good about yourself. The crowd's going, the bench is going, everything's going and and going well. And then that that next shot you take, a jumper, a three-pointer, it just feels better. And I can't stress enough how much shooting is about confidence. When you're cooking, when it feels good. Baby, it feels good. It really feels good when you're out there shooting. If you're in a zone, that feeling of you just can't miss, man. I mean, I haven't had it in a long time, but I remember having it when I was in college. Just that catch, turn, fire. One of the plays that we used to run, because I was a I played the four. And we, you know, I played with... Ken Laflamme, who was, you know, 6'9", and we'd we'd screen for each other and kind of read the defense, and either I'd post up or I'd shoot to the elbow for a mid-range jumper. But back then, that was important. And when I was going, man, you just turn, and I didn't even have to think, just fire that up, and I just knew. It felt smooth coming off my hand. Now... Add that a million times up to the NBA level where you're shooting from 30 feet away and the crowd is a thousand times bigger, 10,000 times bigger. It's just an amazing feeling. So, how do you get to that feeling? Play defense, get out in transition, get some layups, get a good run going, get a few points on the board. Get a few points in your own box score. When you get four, six points in your box score and you know you're on your way to like, all right, I got these points in my you're like, that's important to some guys. You feel better. So that's that's how you avoid slow starts. At DG Smith Ward. Why are we so much better when Smart shoots less? Offense better, defense better. He has averaged four shots less per game in our victories when he's played than in our losses this season. What are your thoughts on why this is? I think if you look at his starts versus his uh, normal role of coming off the bench, that he's shooting more when he starts. And it's those starts that he feels the need to kind of take up more of the offense. So, why is he shooting more in the losses? Why are they losses? Well, he shoots 11.9 shots per game as a starter, seven threes a game as a starter, 8.9 shots per game on the bench, 5.5 threes off the bench. Well, that could simply be a function of you have one less good player, maybe two, and smart has to shoot more. And it's not that smart is shooting more, it's that he's starting, the bench is thinner, and the team isn't as good. So I don't wanna put, I don't wanna draw that straight line from, Well, look, he shoots more shots and we're losing. Like That's not, I think, the direct correlation. He shoots more shots when he starts. He starts when guys are out. The Celtics aren't as good when guys are out. And on top of it, a lot of those starts have come recently in this stretch where the Celtics have struggled. So they have just looked bad in general losing six of eight games prior to that Lakers game. So... I, I don't think the correlation is with the shooting. I think the shooting correlates with his increased role. And that increased role comes with a, a, an undermanned team that is just prone to losses because they don't have one or two of their best players at carbonite kid. How much cap space do the seas have to spend on the buyout market. And who do you think is a realistic target? The Celtics do not have cap space to spend on the buyout market. They have minimum salaries to offer, which depending on who their target is, the 10-year veteran minimum is like $3 million or so. I think it's maybe just under $3 million, prorated, of course. And the rookie minimum is like a, a few hundred thousand dollars, whatever that is. I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head. So, They that's what they have to offer. They don't have uh, an exception. They are also hard capped. Uh, I don't think that really matters, but there's there are issues that come into play here. The Celtics right now are at um, 119 million on their payroll, so they're over the cap. They're below the tax. They they're not going to reach the hard cap. So I brought it up it's not going to matter. It didn't just a straight buyout market. It's not going to matter. They are, they're also full. They've got 15 players. So to sign somebody, you got to cut somebody. And I know you say, well, you can cut Poirier, but Poirier's got another guaranteed 2.6 million on his deal. And you just, next year or the year after you want money to to spend and you know that that could be that dead money could be an issue. You can cut Chemi Ogilier or or somebody like that, but you know, those those are fairly useful, potentially useful guys. And you cut Chemi Ogilier for a buyout guy, you know, that buyout market's not getting you a a, a significant upgrade from Chemi Ogilier. So what are you cutting? You're cutting a guy that knows the system that that Brad Stevens trusts to bring in a guy that's going to have to learn the system. I know it's going to probably be a different player, if it's a big or a wing or something like that, maybe a guy that can score, but I just the whole point is the Celtics aren't just going to say, "Ah, yeah, we're going to cut this guy." Cuz there are implications. And the bringing somebody in doesn't just it's not just always plug and play. Because you have to learn a system. You don't know if that person's going to fit, how much they're going to fit. And if you look overall at the buyout market and how often those guys really, really help, it's it's not as often as you might think. So just keep that in mind as we look towards whatever the the the, the buyout market, who those candidates are. As far as specifics, I don't know because we don't know who's going to get bought out at this point. So there are people that, that people are, are talking about, but at this point, I'm just not going to speculate as to who it might be because you just don't know what that market's going to be. Going to take a break. We'll come back with more of your questions in a minute. But first, football season, it's almost over. Super Bowl's around the corner. Conference finals, they're all done. We know 49ers, Chiefs. There's going to be money to be bet on that. There's money to be bet on the NBA and all of the other college basketball that's coming up too. So you've got all sorts of things to bet on and you can get into that action with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little to win a lot, you can try a parlay. If you like a couple of big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because then they let you bet multiple games for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing. Go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Tired of watching those games from the couch with nothing to gain except pounds? MyBookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back on the game. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. So if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. That's a win already. So just enter the promo code... Locked on NBA. Locked on NBA to activate this offer. Promo code Locked on NBA to take advantage of MyBookie's generous signup offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid.
1: NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: You're up-to-date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Here we go! John Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger
1: and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews, and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger
0: and Duncan, rejecting the screen the locked on nba podcast subscribe to the best trio of nba podcasts on the planet wherever you
1: get your podcasts you are locked on celtics your daily boston celtics podcast part of the locked on podcast network
0: back to your questions at not really Doug why are so many people ready to blow up the bench this year don't they see how great this team could be with Tatum Brown smart entering their primes Kemble playing efficiently and efficiently and Grant Romeo time Lord Edwards Tremont with two or three years experience yeah well I mean we don't know how good Grant Romeo time Lord Edwards and Tremont will be with two three years experience We have a tendency to overvalue guys because we see them and we, we see all of the little things that other people don't see. So, I mean, I love Grant. Grant's sticking around. Romeo, such a question mark. I think he can be good. Time Lord has shown things. Yeah, Edwards, Tremont, like they. everybody has something to offer. Why are they in a hurry to blow up the bench? Well, that answer is simple because the Celtics are doing well, but they're not quite good enough to be... Considered on par with the Milwaukee Bucks. They're not quite good enough to be considered one of the top three or four teams in the league. So people say, well, we're close. We're close. So why not try to get better? Yeah, maybe those guys will be good with two or three years experience. But we are not waiting two or three years. We want it now. It's like the Simpsons episode where Mo turns his uh, bar into Uncle Mo's family feedback. And he buys that that deep fryer from the, uh, from the military. So you can flash fry a Buffalo in 40 seconds. And over says 40 seconds, but I want it now. That's basically what fans are. They want it now. And uh, I, I, I'm not as keen on trading away. Some of the, those young players, I want to see what Romeo turns into. I want to see what Robert Williams turns into, if he can stay healthy. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. But, um, I I don't think the Celtics are going to blow up their bench either. So people can cry about it, but I don't think the Celtics are going to just kind of make that move just yet. At Donald with a bunch of numbers after his name, would you trade Hayward Poirier and the Grizzlies pick to the Pelicans for Drew Holiday and JJ Redick? Uh, no, no, because first of all, would the Pelicans do that? I don't think so. First, and the Pelicans aren't trading anybody right now. They're, they're kind of liking where their team is. They're getting Zion back. So forget the Pelicans. Why they would take Hayward and Poirier for a team that's got bigs, that has a young big. Why are they going to take a guy that makes guaranteed money as little as it is and, and Hayward? What what does that do for them? And conversely, what we, what do you get? Okay, Drew Holiday is a guy he can play off the ball for sure. He's a tenacious defender. He's he's one of the better guards in the NBA for sure, absolutely for sure. He, but at the same time, you're getting rid of Hayward and you're plugging in Drew Holiday and you say, all right, well, there's one for one. They could they could, it's it's an upgrade. Except, like I said before, continuity. You're trading away a guy that knows exactly what's supposed to be happening. That's one of your better playmakers. That. When everything's going well, he's going pretty well too, and he's one of the drivers of it, and you're going to plug Drew Holiday in there and say, all right, learn everybody, learn this chemistry and all that stuff. Yeah, you're getting an upgrade. Sure. You're getting J.J. Redick. You need to shoot it off the bench. Okay, fine. Um, I think in the, that's, a, that's a I think, a win of a trade for the Boston Celtics. It's, and so uh, that's, first of all, again, why the Pelicans would never do it. And second of all, you got to take into account that they're not trading Hayward, first of all. And second of all, anybody you trade, you're bringing in somebody that you're you're messing with the continuity. And it has a a possibility of backfiring. So um, I don't think that trade happens. I don't think it's realistic. At AK97, Bertans for Cantor. No, they would never do that. Why would Washington do that? Um, and then for the Celtics... I, I Cantor's been doing well. Like, yeah, Bertans is young and he's a shooter. And of course, of course, long-term you want Bertans. Um, so Washington's not just going to take Cantor for Bertans. They're not. And for the Celtics, you kind of need Cantor for, like if you're going to go for Bertans, you're going to need to give up more than Cantor. So we might as well just keep Cantor and use him for what he is. His offensive rebound is doing great. Like I get it, Cantor has his moments. It's like everything I've ever said with Cantor on this podcast. But can't you see that the way the Celtics are using him, it's kind of working for the most part, except for when they're shorthanded. I don't know if it's going to continue in the playoffs. I don't. I mean, I think if when Cantor's in, you can game plan. But the Celtics are using him in in the right way. Second units, um, right matchup. So it's not it's not something that's going to work. At Max Joel Dillon, after half a season, do you have any hope the Celtics could represent the East in the finals? I seem to be part of the minority that believe that they can, given they almost beat the Bucs uh, away without Jalen and beat LA. And when playing well, we can beat anyone. I, and I agree. The Celtics can beat anyone. When they're playing their best, they, they can win. They beat the Bucs earlier this year. They Like you said, you just beat LA. They beat Toronto. They, in Toronto. And granted, Toronto was short-handed. But they beat Toronto at home. And so, the Celtics, when they're playing well and they're healthy, they can do it. So, do I have any hope? Yeah, I have some hope that the Celtics can, can get to the NBA Finals. I don't think there's a zero chance... Uh, there's a non-zero chance that they can get to the NBA Finals. How big is that number? I don't know. I mean, if we're ranking it, obviously the Milwaukee Bucks have the best chance, but after that, if something happens to the Milwaukee Bucks and they don't make it, then, you know, Philly's got a chance, even with all of their problems. Boston's probably, if you're ranking the teams, you could say that Philly probably has a better chance to figure it out because they've got Joel Embiid. And then after that, it's kind of a, a toss-up. So yeah, the Celtics have a chance. They definitely have a chance. So, and I know that people are saying, "Well, that's why you go for it." So uh, yeah, I get that. I totally get that. But you have to continue to give yourself a chance while being realistic and keeping the whole long-term plan in place. You don't want to you don't want to screw yourself and give up too much and blow the future. In a half-cocked go-for-it-now, you just got to make sure you're realistic. What are you adding? What are you giving up? So, anyway, yes, I have hope, Max. At Smarfwater, awesome Twitter name. How do you think the Lakers compare to the Bucs? And similarly, do you think we'll see a Lakers-Celtics final in the next two years? Uh, I think the Lakers compared to the Bucs. Well, the Bucs, I think, are deeper. And they're better built around their star. Uh, The Lakers are built a a little haphazardly because they had to be. And so they've got their their second best player is better than Milwaukee's second best player. But then you get to the third, fourth, fifth best player. And I think Milwaukee has either comparable or better players in those situations. And they're also just, again, continuity. They know the system. They're doing what, what Budenholzer wants. So I think Milwaukee has obviously the best player in that series if they were to meet uh, but the Lakers in their length have you know that's gonna be a hell of a matchup against the Bucks and their length. You know, the Lopez's versus Dwight and JaVale. I, I think they match up pretty well. My my edge would go to Milwaukee in that just because I think they know what they're, who they are and what they're trying to be. And I, I just think the Lakers are, are, are a step or two behind Milwaukee. Do we think we're going to get the Lakers and Celtics finals in the next two years? I think it's possible. And especially whatever the Celtics do this summer. Uh, however the, the next few months work out. There, there's a strong possibility that that could be the case, uh, but there's a lot of time and a lot of moves to be made between now and then. I'm going to take a break. We've got a few more questions. I'll rapid fire my way through those when we come back, and I'm going to calm myself during the break by using the Calm app because I am, like I said, a big proponent of mental health. I've talked about this a million times. Mental fitness, just like physical fitness, preparing yourself for a game, preparing yourself for the day. It's all about getting yourself in the right state of mind. Calm is the number one app for sleep and meditation. It's teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that the mind is like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can help you train your brain to sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. I cannot stress enough that better sleep and reducing your stress is going to go miles, miles towards making you feel better and perform better. LeBron James says himself that getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things that I can do for my body and mind. And so, head to Calm.com slash on for 40% off a Calm premium membership. With Calm, you have access to the nature scenes that LeBron loves, like rain on leaves and so much more like sleep stories and meditation. For a limited time, listeners to this show can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash locked on. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on. That's calm, C-A-L-M.com slash locked on. Follow us on our social channels at Celtics on Twitter and at Celtics on Instagram. All right, back to wrap things up with more of your questions, starting with at Petula Darling, who's got two questions. The first is, I was thinking about Poirier, and I'm hoping you can discuss some differences between playing in the League versus the NBA and the challenges Euro players have when they start playing here. Well, yes, absolutely. The biggest challenge is the schedule. The Celtics are... In their what 42nd, 43rd game already, they're halfway through their season. Euroleague, they played 30 games the entire season. Okay. Last last season they played 30, 30 games. Vincent Poirier last year played 34 games, started 26 of them. Now he's already the Celtics are already past that by seven, and they're gonna keep blowing past that. The schedule in the NBA is relentless. Now, I'm just looking up uh, a, a EuroLeague schedule. This happens to be for Olympiakos, which is my team from where my dad's from in Greece. Their next game is this is today, Wednesday, January 23rd. Then they don't play again until January 30th. Then their game after that is February 4th, then February 6th, then February 20th, the 27th, March 3rd, March 6th, March 12th, March 20th. You get the point. No back to backs, no three games in four nights, none of that. They have a lot more rest. They have more practice time. Uh, they, it's just a different life, a different schedule. Um, it's so it's, it's a tough transition. Coming to the NBA, learning the league, there's better competition. Obviously, the NBA is the best league in the world, the Euroleague is considered to be the second best. In the world, but still, there are only select few of those guys that make it to the NBA, and so the competition that they face is better. The style of play is different. There, the rules are slightly different, and so things that certain things that might be valued uh, are are a little bit different. The, the the way they foul, the way they call games, it's officiated differently. But by and large, the schedule is really the biggest thing. And it, like I said, it's relentless, and it, it just everything keeps on coming. And it should be difficult transition for any Euroleague player to come in. Now, Patula also asked. I know he's been out with injury, but is Robert Williams still spending time with the team? I haven't been seeing him sitting with others at games. I feel like he's disappeared. He has not disappeared. I can confirm. I have seen him at shootarounds. He is around the team. I've seen him at the arena, uh, even though he's not necessarily out on the bench. He is uh, around the team all the time. He's got a hip edema. He's got a, a thing where I wouldn't be surprised, at, and I cannot confirm this, but having him sit on the bench in a, those cramped seats might not be the best thing for his hip, So, but he's around the team. Do not worry. Robert Williams is still part of the team, active. He's around. They love him, so it's fine. At Faxon47, how would you grade this year's draft class? And who is someone that you now wish we had drafted that we obviously cannot have jaw? All right. So I would say this year's draft class, I, I'm assuming for the Celtics, which I will say is currently at like, I don't know, B minus uh, off the top of my head. Uh, Grant, I think, is is obviously like an, like an A minus, B plus kind of guy. I, I'm really high on him. And then everyone else is like, uh, Romeo, I say, is incomplete. We just don't know. He's just been hurt. Uh, we've seen some decent things from him, but we, we haven't seen a full, you know, full games. So, incomplete for him. Carson has been like a, a D. Um, he's just not, it's not translating. The stuff we saw in Summer League, the stuff we saw, saw in preseason, it's not translating. So, that's not great. Tremont Waters, I'm high on. Um, and, and, for a second round pick for two way player, I think that he's, he's a, a solid B. So, I mean, that, that brings us to like, if Grant's an A minus and Tremont's a B and Romeo's incomplete. So uh, yeah, somewhere in that B minus range or so taco wasn't drafted. So he doesn't count. Um, and is there anybody that I wish that we had, um, I I guess um Seiko kind of jumps out because he came he's in the pick right after Romeo Lankford and he's he's doing well for the Pistons and God you can't help but watch him and say, Oh geez, I wonder if there's a little Pascal Siakam in that guy. I mean, I don't know. It's still way too early, but you just kind of feel that he's got a thing there. Or Pascal took a little bit of time to develop. No one really saw this coming. So, I mean, when you look at... No one saw Pascal Siakam like superstar. You know, all-star, starter. Like, no doubt, all-star starter. So, I mean, who knows? Seikunda Boya could could not be any of that. But, geez, you watch him play and you think, man, that that kid kind of might have something. Now, Romeo might have something too, so I don't know. Um, uh, And I don't know if the Celtics thought that Brandon Clark... Would have been there at 22. He went at 21. So they drafted Grant Williams. I'm happy with the pick. Um, so yeah, I guess I guess is the guy that I would pick in that in that question. If if maybe if you could have had somebody else, that might be the guy. Uh, at T R McMillan, can Grant Williams be a rotation player on a winning team in the playoffs? Do the Celtics need a different third big? Well. You're talking about this year's playoffs, uh, that's going to be a tough ask for a rookie. But if anybody's equipped to do it, I think Grant is. He's got a good head on his shoulders, but that's a tough ask. Um, so uh, I, I don't know that I don't know how much he's going to contribute this year in the playoffs. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I, I think he's got the skills to perform in certain matchups. There are gonna to be tough matchups where he's not gonna play much. So it, it's it's kind of like a yes and no. Uh, do the Celtics need a different third big? It could be Robert Williams by then. Poirier, I don't know what he's gonna if he's gonna be that guy. And we'll see what they do with the buyout or the trade deadline that I, I hold out some hope, I don't know if hope's the right word, but there is some potential for a move at the deadline. I think that they could do something to try to bolster their bench. So, Grant, I, I I really don't know. I really don't know. It might just be matchup dependent. And finally, Kona King Kahuna. Will there be more NBA championships than League MVPs for Jason Tatum while he plays for the Celtics? I love this because it assumes that there are going to be championships and MVPs. Um <laughs> I think. I think I'll go with more championships because the league is full of such good young players that while Tatum could potentially become an MVP-level player, think about you know Luka, the young guys like John Morant and whatever Zion Williamson becomes. Never mind the fact that Giannis Antetokounmpo is still entering his prime entering his prime and other guys who are still young Anthony Davis uh, Kevin Durant still exists by the way um, so there are a lot of players that can be MVP aside from Jason Tatum so but championships I think you can get one I think you can get two that's possible it's hard to win championships so I'm not gonna go crazy but Can the Celtics win a championship or two with Jason Tatum? Sure. That's obviously possible. Uh, I don't see why not. They could do it this year for all we know. It's not impossible to say that they could. Uh, It's probably not going to happen. It's not very likely. But they're still fighting for that second seed. And a second seed in any conference can go off and win a title. That's not uncommon. That's not not something that's unheard of. So... I'll go with championships over MVPs. Hopefully, there's an equal number of both and those numbers are not zero. And he asked, what's my favorite Greek island to visit and why? You know, I haven't visited a ton of Greek islands. I've gone to uh, my mom who lives, uh, is from Lesvos, and, and I've been around to a couple of others. I can't pick one, man. It's just, I, I like them all. They're all great. So, it's a cop-out answer because I'm not going to pick one. If I had to pick one, I'll pick my mom's island of Lesvos, which is the furthest, I think, furthest east. Um, it's actually kind of like right below Turkey, which considering the geopolitical kind of issues between those two countries, that was interesting. I'll leave that alone. But I'm going to end this podcast and say thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it enough to subscribe. If you're not a subscriber and all of you regular listeners, a five-star rating and a good written review would be very much appreciated. And share the podcast. Tell everybody to listen to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.
1: Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the Screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.